باب ما جاء في قاتل النفس what has come regarding قاتل النفس who is قاتل النفس the killer of himself meaning meaning the person who commits suicide حدثنا مسدد حدثنا يزيد بن زريع حدثنا خالد عن ابي قلابه عن ثابت بن الضحاك رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم do you see abu qilaba here so thabit ibn dhahak narrated an nabiy sallallahu alayhi wasallam qal the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said man halafa bi millatin ghayri al-islami whoever swears an oath by a religion other than islam kadiban while lying mutaammidan but deliberately meaning deliberately lying fa huwa kama qala then he is as he has said meaning he is a liar what is meant by this is you see there's different ways of taking oaths so sometimes what people would do is they would say if i do this then i'm a kafir for example like people say things like if you do this then you are divorced like a man will say to his wife if you do this then you will be divorced so just like that if a man says if a person says if i do this if i go there if i eat this if i marry this person then by allah i would be a yahudi or a nasrani or a kafir or something like that right it's something strange to you because alhamdulillah you're not familiar with this type of qasam but this is something that people would do at the time and it's still prevalent today in certain cultures so the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that if anyone makes an oath like that then he is as he has said then he is as he has said meaning if he ends up doing that action and he said that if he did it he would be a kafir then he is as he has said meaning a kafir you understand so this is a severe warning against making such oaths okay a severe warning against oaths of this nature But what is of relevance to us here is a second part of the hadith which is woman qatala nafsahu and whoever kills himself bi hadidatin with a piece of iron with a knife or piece of iron uzdiba bihi fi nari jahannam then he will be punished by it in the fire of jahannam You see suicide is is a way of escaping isn't it the person says that I can't handle this anymore so i need to get out of here i want to escape my problems that's the whole idea right but is there really escape then is there escape no because the same weapon with which a person kills himself is the weapon with which he will be constantly punished where in the fire of hell so then did he escape misery no it's like out of the pan into the fire from one problem to a bigger problem so suicide is not a solution and it is not a way of escaping your problems either it's not a way at all wa qala hajjaj ibn minhal haddathana jarir ibn hazim an al-hazan wa qala hajjaj ibn minhal haddathana jarir ibn hazim an al-hasani haddathana jundab radiyallahu anhu fi hadha al-masjid fama nasina So Jundub narrated this in this mosque. Who's saying this? Hasan. Hasan al-Basri is saying that Jundub narrated this to us in this mosque and we did not forget. 
وَمَا and we don't fear that Jundab would lie to us about the Prophet ﷺ. Do you have this hadith in your book? No? Yes? Yeah? On which page is it? Because some people seem to be a little confused. Page number? 101. So, Hassan al-Basri said that Jundab narrated this hadith to us in this very masjid. And since he narrated it to us, we didn't forget. And we don't think that Jindab lied to us about the Prophet ﷺ. Qala, that the Prophet ﷺ said, Kana bi rajulin jirahun. That there was a man with wounds. Faqatala nafsahu. So he killed himself. He couldn't handle the pain, so he killed himself. Faqala Allahu, so Allah said, Badarani abdi. My slave hastened his way to me. Badarani abdi binafsihi. He hastened his way to me, meaning he killed himself. Haramtu alayhi al-jannah. So I made the garden unlawful for him. So what does this hadith show? The first hadith shows that killing oneself is a major sin because there is a threat of punishment in the hereafter. The second hadith, what does it show? That jannah is forbidden on the person. So again, it's a major sin. Third hadith, حدثنا أبو اليمان أخبرنا شعيب حدثنا أبو الزناد عن الأعرج عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said الذي يخنق نفسه The person who strangles himself يخنقها في النار He will strangle himself in the fire والذي يطعنها يطعنها في النار and the person who stabs himself will stab himself in the fire. So sometimes it happens that a person thinks that if they live or if their family lives on, they will be in greater difficulty. So something like a woman or children are told that it's better that you kill yourself, eat this pill and kill yourself instead of falling into the hands of wrong people who will take wrongful advantage of you. You know, like harm you in, in different ways. Remember that as Muslims we believe in the qadr of Allah. That nothing happens except by the will and permission decree of Allah. It is in the knowledge of Allah. And everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows to happen has something good in it. There is nothing pure evil that Allah has created. So even the worst of things that may happen, there is still good in them. They're still good because of them. They're still good, at, if not in this world, then definitely in the hereafter because of them. But we are not allowed to take some matters in our hands. And amongst them is taking our own life or the life of another person. We're not allowed to do that. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-hayy, right? The ever-living, al-muhyi, the giver of life. Isn't it so? He gives life and He gives death. Correct? This is his right. He creates and he gives death. We don't have the authority to take our life or somebody else's life away. We don't have the right to do that. And even if we are doing that to save ourselves from more trouble, then there is no guarantee if we will actually be able to save ourselves from more trouble because there is much more trouble in the hereafter. 
any difficulty in this life is limited. Isn't it? It's for a short amount of time. Because this life is not forever. We should all ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for afiyah, for protection, for well-being. That may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us and protect us from troubles and difficulties in this life. But remember that any difficulty in this life is much less compared to the difficulty of the hereafter. So all of these ahadiths make it very clear that when it comes to suicide, then it is something that is not permissible at all. It's the right of Allah to give life and to take life. In Surah An-Nisa, verse 29, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ Do not kill yourselves. إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ بِكُمْ رَحِيمًا Indeed, Allah is ever merciful towards you. What does this mean? That you may find yourself in a lot of hardship, but don't kill yourself. Because Allah is merciful towards you. Even in that hardship, there is mercy. Because in ma'al usri yusra. And that hardship is not going to last forever. There will be relief. So have hope in the mercy of Allah. You see, helping someone die. Helping someone die. This is a kind of murder. Islamically, it would be killing someone else. Either you're helping them, you're giving them a weapon, a means through which they take their life, or you are taking their life away. So it's either suicide, you're helping them commit suicide, or you are killing them. None of these are permissible. You see, if a person is ill, like we learn in this hadith, that this person was wounded. He was wounded. And he killed himself. Was this acceptable? No. Now, there is one hadith in Sahih Muslim, because the bab over here is that a person who does end up committing suicide, then do you pray janazah over them? Like what's their status? You understand? How are they supposed to be treated? Like let's say a person does a Muslim, you know, they even prayed, but then something terrible happened. Maybe they, they got some mental illness and they ended up killing themselves. So then what? Remember that even if a person does commit suicide, you have to remember a few things. Okay? First of all, yes, they have committed a major sin. And for that major sin is punishment. And the punishment is very clear in the ahadith. However, if they do believe in Allah, and if their faith is even as little as the amount of a mustard seed, then eventually, remember, such people will be taken out of hellfire. They will not be in hellfire eternally. And as for the statement that Jannah is haram, haramtul Jannah, what can be understood by that statement is that such people will not be admitted into Jannah immediately. They will be admitted into Jannah eventually, but not immediately. So they should be treated as a Muslim. Alright? So this means that when they die, when they kill themselves, then their janazah should be performed. Now there is one hadith which is very interesting. And this hadith is in Muslim. We learn that Jabir radiallahu anhu reported that Tufail, son of Amr al-Dawsi, came to the Prophet wasallam and said, the hadith is long, I'll just go straight to the part. We learn that Tufail, a man named Tufail, migrated to Medina. And when he migrated to Medina, some other people also migrated with him. And there was one person 
in that group when he stayed in Medina the climate of Medina did not suit him and he fell sick and this happened with many companions right they fell ill in Medina so this man felt very uneasy and he took hold of an iron head of an arrow and he cut his finger joints see what happened the man was extremely sick he couldn't handle that anymore and it seems like he had a mental health condition because he cut his finger joints the words of the hadith are that he famaridha fajazi'a fa'akhadha mashaqisa lahu faqata'a biha so the words are maridha he fell ill fajazi'a jaza' is the opposite of sabr that he couldn't handle it he couldn't handle that sickness and so he cut his finger joints and the blood was so much that eventually he died so what happened tufail saw him in a dream he saw that this person was in a good state but he saw that his hands were wrapped so tufail said to him that what did your lord do with you how did allah treat you so that man said that allah forgave me for my hijra because of my hijra allah forgave me so tufail said what is it that i see on your hands so he said i was told that we will not set right what you damaged yourself you understand what's happening he was forgiven because of the fact that he did hijra to medina forgiven what the crime of suicide however the damage that he caused to his hands that damage was not fixed why because he was told that we will not set right what you damaged yourself so tufail told the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam about this dream and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said allahumma wali yadayhi faghfir oh allah forgive his hands also that you forgave all of him except for his hands but oh allah forgive his hands also and this is an authentic hadith from muslim so what do we learn from this that yes this man committed a great mistake a serious offense which is of suicide and because he was a muslim and he had performed certain good deeds allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did pardon him however what he harmed himself with or where he harmed himself that part was not forgiven but we hope that it was forgiven eventually because of the dua of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam now this hadith does not mean go ahead and commit suicide if you want to because eventually there might be forgiveness no there's a big might there's a big might this man made hijra so it's a big deal and secondly his situation was different it seems as if this was more of a mental health condition because the other narrations that we learn they were like for example the person who killed himself because of his wounds the reason why people would do that is because it was not dignified to live with a major illness you understand so it was a matter of ego you understand it was a matter of ego or we learn about another man who went to the battlefield and he was badly wounded and he killed himself in the battlefield why so that he would be seen as a shaheed again there was ego right there was falsehood over there khiana over there 
But this condition was a unique condition. And the fact is that even today, there are amongst Muslims who because of the mental health condition, they do end up even killing themselves. So we have to be very careful about what we say regarding them. Because it may be that Allah has forgiven them. You understand? And we should ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive them. So in conclusion, what we learn from this part is that forgiveness should be sought for even the people who commit suicide. You understand? So if you find out that somebody committed suicide, should you make dua for them? Should you? Yes. Should janazah be performed for them? Yes. Should you go visit their family? Yes. باب ما يكره من الصلاة على المنافقين والاستغفار للمشركين. What is disliked of praying Salat al-Janazah for who? For the hypocrites. And what is disliked of seeking forgiveness for who? For the mushrikeen. Now what we learn here is that Salat al-Janazah should not be performed for the for who? For the hypocrites. Salat al-Janazah is disliked for the hypocrites. And istighfar in general is not allowed for who? For the mushrikeen. And this is of course after they have passed away. Rawahu ibn Umar radiallahu anhu an nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ibn Umar related this from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hadith, حدثنا يحيى بن بكير حدثنا الليث عن عقيل عن ابن شهاب عن عبيد الله بن عبد الله عن ابن عباس عن عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنهم أنه قال عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه said that لما مات عبد الله بن أبين ابن سلول when Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul the chief of the hypocrites when he died دعي له رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ليصلي عليه the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم was called to perform janaza for him فلما قام رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم so when the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم got up وَثَبْتُ إِلَيْهِ وَثَبْتُ is one word meaning I I got up quickly to him Umar said is saying that when the Prophet ﷺ got up to go and pray Salatul Janazah for Abdullah bin Ubay I got up very quickly فَقُلْتُ and I said to him يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ O Messenger of Allah أَتُصَلِّي عَلَى بْنِ أُبَيِّنْ Are you going to pray for Ibn Ubay? وَقَدْ قَالَ يَوْمَ كَذَا وَكَذَا كَذَا وَكَذَا Whereas this man said such and such on that day, and he said such and such on that day, أُعَدِّدُ عَلَيْهِ قَوْلَهُ I repeated this to him. I repeated the words of Abdullah bin Ubay to the Prophet ﷺ. فَتَبَسَّمَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ So the Prophet ﷺ smiled. وَقَالَ And he said, أَخِّرْ عَنِّي يَا عُمَرْ Umar, get away from me. Meaning, stop, just let me go. أَخِّرْ عَنِّي فَلَمَّا أَكْثَرْتُ عَلَيْهِ But when I did this too much, meaning I kept stopping him, and I kept reminding him, that how could you, when Abdullah bin Ubay said such and such, قَالَ He said, إِنِّي خُيِّرْتُ فَاخْتَرْتُ The Prophet ﷺ said, I've been given the choice, so I've taken the choice. What choice is he referring to? إِن تَسْتَغْفِرْ لَهُمْ أَوْ لَا تَسْتَغْفِرْ لَهُمْ Whether you seek forgiveness for them or you don't seek forgiveness for them. So, the Prophet ﷺ said, فَاخْتَرْتُ I've taken the choice. And what is that choice? That I will seek forgiveness. 
لو اعلم اني ان زدت على السبعين فغفر له لزدت عليها because the ayah goes that if you seek forgiveness for them 70 times Allah will not forgive them so the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that if i know that if i seek forgiveness more than 70 times and then this man will be forgiven i will seek forgiveness more than 70 times what kind of a heart did he have qala he said umar said fa salla alayhi rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam thumma sarafa the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam went he prayed for abdullah bin ubay and remember we learned earlier about how when he got there abdullah bin ubay's body was already lowered so he asked for the body to be taken out he put his own shirt on him ثُمَّ انصَرَفَ فَلَمْ يَمْكُثْ إِلَّا يَسِيرًا حَتَّى نَزِلَتِ الْآيَتَانِ So after a very short while, two verses were revealed on him. And what were those two verses? مِنْ بَرَاءَ From Surah Bara'a. Which one is that? Surah Al-Tawbah. And what is the ayah? وَلَا تُصَلِّ عَلَىٰ أَحَدٍ مِّنْهُمْ مَاتَ أَبَدًا Clear prohibition came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That do not pray for any one of them who dies. ever you're not ever allowed to pray for any of these hypocrites until the end of the verse wa hum fasiqun qala fa ajibtu ba'du min jur'ati umar radiyallahu anhu says that i was amazed later on my jur'ah what is jur'ah my audacity like how how could i say that to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and how could i say that to him over and over again my boldness yawma idhin that day wallahu wa rasuluhu a'lam and allah and his messenger know best so in this hadith what do we see that initially in the quran there was no clear prohibition prohibiting the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam from praying janaza for the hypocrites and this is why the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam took advantage of that and he prayed even for abdullah ibn ubay the chief of hypocrites however later The Prophet ﷺ was completely prohibited from doing that. Now, the thing is that we don't know who is a sincere believer and who is a hypocrite. You understand? We are not ones to judge that. So, if a person says that they're Muslim, they identify as Muslim, then we are required to pray janazah for them. Bab sana'in nasi 'ala al-mayyit. Sana'in nas the praise of people ala al-mayyit for the dead meaning people praising a dead person praising them in what way hmm? praising their good deeds or praising their character is that permissible hadathana adam hadathana shu'batu hadathana abdul aziz ibn suhayb qala sami'tu anas ibn malik radiyallahu anhu yaqulu anas bin malik reported that مَرُّوا بِجَنَازَةٍ فَأَثْنَوْ عَلَيْهَا خَيْرًا That they passed by a janazah and the people praised or said something good about the deceased, about the person whose janazah was being taken. فَقَالَ نَبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ So the Prophet صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ said وَجَبَتْ وَجَبَتْ It has become wajib. It has become necessary. ثُمَّ مَرُّوا بِأُخْرَى Then they passed by another, meaning another funeral. فَأَثْنَوْ عَلَيْهَا شَرًّا So the people said something evil about that person, 
Can you imagine? I mean, usually what happens is that when a person dies, even enemies offer their condolences. Right? But if someone dies, and people are still saying evil things about them, then what does it mean? What does it tell us about their character and about their actions? How were they? Truly evil. That even though they have died, people are not forgiving them. People are still saying evil things about them. So when this happened, فَقَالَ وَجَبَتْ The Prophet ﷺ said, it has become mandatory. فَقَالَ عُمَرُ بْنُ الْخَطَّابِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ عُمَرُ بْنُ الْخَطَّابِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ said, مَا وَجَبَتْ What has become mandatory? قَالَ هَذَا أَثْنَيْتُمْ عَلَيْهِ خَيْرًا This person, you praised him with something good. فَوَجَبَتْ لَهُ الْجَنَّةِ So Jannah has become wajib for him. وَهَذَا And this person, أَثْنَيْتُمْ عَلَيْهِ شَرًّا You said something evil about him. فَوَجَبَتْ لَهُ النَّارِ so the fire has become wajib on him. Antum Allahi fil ard. You are the witnesses of Allah on earth. Meaning what you say matters. Your testimony in the favor of a person or against a person matters. Your words carry weight. So if you praise someone who has died, then inshallah this will be a means of them entering Jannah. And if you say something bad about them, then that also will have an effect. Because this ummah is shuhada ala nas, right? So this is also one kind of shahada that we do. So remember that when somebody dies, we should at least try to say only what is good. Say only what is good. Praise them. Because now they're gone. Now they cannot do anything to defend themselves, to protect themselves. And no matter how hurt you have been, or how harmed you have been because of them, try to forgive. And remember only the good things. And if you cannot remember the good things, then don't talk about the bad things. Because what you say matters. حدثنا عفان بن مسلم حدثنا داود بن أبي الفرات عن عبد الله بن بريدة عن أبي الأسود قال قدمت المدينة وقد وقع بها مرض أبو الأسود said that I came to Medina during an epidemic وقد وقع بها while there was in Medina a مرض a disease that had spread فجلست إلى عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه so I was sitting with عمر بن الخطاب now because of the epidemic you can imagine there were many funerals, many deaths and so many funerals. So, فَمَرَّتْ بِهِمْ جَنَازَةٌ So, a janaza passed by. فَأُثْنِيَ عَلَى صَاحِبِهَا خَيْرًا So, the person of the janaza, meaning the deceased person, was praised. فَقَالَ عُمَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ عُمَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ said, وَجَبَتْ It has become obligatory. ثُمَّ مُرَّ بِأُخْرَى Then another passed by فَأُثْنِيَ عَلَى صَاحِبِهَا خَيْرًا Something good was mentioned about him فَقَالَ عُمَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ وَجَبَتْ عُمَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ said it has become mandatory ثُمَّ مُرَّ بِالثَّالِثَةَ Then a third was made to pass فَأُثْنِيَ عَلَى صَاحِبِهَا شَرًّا And something evil was said about that person فَقَالَ وَجَبَتْ So Umar رضي الله عنه said it has become mandatory فَقَالَ أَبُو الْأَسْوَدَ O leader of the believers, what has become mandatory? قَالَ قُلْتُ كَمَا قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Umar رضي الله عنه said, I have said what the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said. أَيُّمَا مُسْلِمٍ 
شہید الہ اللہ اللہ اینی مسلم اباؤٹ ہوم فور پیپل ٹیسٹیفائی سمتنگ گڈ میننگ فور پیپل سے گڈ تھنگز اباؤٹ ہم دین ادخلہ اللہ الجن تن اللہ المٹ ہم انٹو جن فقلنا وثلاثتن when the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that umar radhiyallahu anhu said that we asked him what about three what about three testimonies qala wa thalathatun and also three faqulna wa thnan we asked him what about two qala wa thnan he said also two thumma lam nas'alhu anil wahid then we didn't ask him about one why didn't they ask him there is a limit to asking right i mean up until a certain point out of curiosity you ask but then there comes a point where you ask too many questions and the person who is being questioned can get annoyed even the best teacher because it it borders on being disrespectful almost so they didn't ask him about one so what do we learn from these two ahadith what do we learn mm-hmm. exactly especially at the time of janaza because you see in both of these ahadith what was happening janaza was being taken it was being carried So at the time of the janazah, so as soon as you hear about the death, or you go for salat al-janazah, or afterwards you go for condolences to the family, then say something good. And say something good, say what is true. Don't make things up. Say what is true. And the reason for that is, first of all, what we see in these ahadith is that it becomes like a testimony in their favor. And then secondly, in that can also be a lesson for for who for those who are living because many times when a person is alive people don't really give much attention to them people don't really notice their deeds but when they're gone then what happens then what happens they start thinking about how good they were then they miss them then they talk about them so say what is good so that it will be a reminder for you and also for other people Inshallah, we'll conclude over here. Subhanakallahum wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.